Welcome to 15 to Life, the podcast that talks about life after life in prison. Come with us on a journey and explore stories from within the prison walls to outside the prison walls. All of these podcasts are dedicated to the victims of crime. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast, 15 to Life, the podcast where we talk about life after having a life sentence in prison. I'm your host, Tito. Let's go ahead and jump into this. This is Motivation Monday, Monday Motivation. Um, it, it's it's going to be a little bit real, um, hopefully, to a lot of you guys. But um, once again, the world's in a, a, a pretty, you know upside down place with um elections protests we most recently had uh the brianna taylor um killing that the officers basically were found totally innocent um and the one officer who shot in and missed basically got charged with endangering other people so lots of unrest lots of stuff going on right uh election coming up and we got um a sitting president that pretty much for the first time there's a sitting president that's saying like if i lose it's it, it was a rigged election when he's in control to do whatever he needs to do to ensure that doesn't happen. Not to mention, uh, when he won, nobody said it was a rigged election. So, I mean, there's a whole Russia thing and all that, but big deal. Um, the reality is you lose, you lose, you win, you win. Do either or graciously. So anyway, a lot of hot messes going on in the country, not to mention systematic racism and every other issue under the sun. Oh, and let's not forget about this whole COVID thing, right? So we still got pandemic going on with people dying, over 200,000 deaths, right? People, um, somewhere upwards of 30 million people without jobs. Um, yeah, people were holding their breath on that stimulus check, never showed up, right? Other countries have been giving people money the entire time until they could get back to work. Um, I'm not saying I'm, I'm I'm voting for that. I'm just saying, as someone who hasn't took a day off since it started, you know, I feel everyone's pain. So, um, oh, and uh, latest statistic I read was uh, upwards of 40 million people next month cannot afford to pay their rent and or mortgage right holy crap you know so if you think the protests and the craziness that's going on right now is bad just imagine if 40 million americans are homeless next month wow who's going to take care of them Right? (sighs) Craziness. So, (laughs) after putting you all into supreme depression, I want to talk about something else that 
probably keeps a lot of us uh, depressed or with our heads down, um, whatever it may be. But why you shouldn't feel that way and how to pull yourself out of it. So it's all about knowing your worth, right? Um, And so many times, so many times, we allow others, right? And when I say others, it, it could be the people that sleep in the bed with you, right? It could be the the children you have. It could be the parents you have. It could be the brother or sister you have, right? Cousins, whoever may be, boss, um, subordinates, right? Um, that inflict pain. And when I say pain, I'm not talking that, that like somebody slaps you and your face hurts because you just got slapped. I'm not talking that kind of pain. I'm talking the kind of pain that's like in your bones, right? Or in your heart, right? It's a pain that people don't necessarily see. And right now, right now, y'all, with all that stuff I listed in the first three minutes, you know what I mean? Um, We all got some pain going on. And I, I think too often we're so focused on ourselves you know, which I'm not going to say is a bad thing. You got to focus on you, but we focus on our pain, not getting out of the pain, not getting through the pain, not getting over the pain. We focus on the pain. And then when we deal with other people, we're coming from a place of pain, right? And or suffering. And then that translates out to everyone else. <clears throat> and um, it's not good. It's not good. Because then it's it's kind of like a, a cancer cell, right? It starts to spread and spread. And before you know it, there's everyone around you is in this miserable, shitty place. And you don't even realize you might have been the, the, the carrier, the A-system. Uh, I'm losing my words here. You might have been the person that started it all, basically, right? So... Let's talk about that because it really comes down to self-worth. Um, I've been thinking about this a lot lately, right? Um, you guys have heard me talk about a bunch of stuff if you've listened to these podcasts. And I'm a big believer that um, what you believe you can achieve, but you have to have the faith in it. It can't just be like, I believe I'm going to be rich and like you're going to be rich tomorrow. Like you're going to you know, hit the lotto or something, right? This is about having self-worth, having self-belief, believing in yourself like you would God, right? And I talked about this, I think, on my last podcast, but when it comes down to it, to believe in God, you need zero proof. There is zero tangible proof that can tell someone else that your God is real, You know, God is everywhere. God is in the air. God is in the sky. God is the sky. Well, hell, I can't prove that that's God, right? What I can prove is that I believe in it by telling you. I 100% believe in it. And like if I stand on the edge of a cliff and say, I believe God is going to save me and I jump off, I might not live. God might not quote unquote save me, but you're going to believe that I believe that God was going to save me, right? So you got to have that kind of faith to get what you believe to come true, right? So in that, 
what you really want to look at is when you're talking about self-worth, right? Knowing your worth. If you believe all the BS that people tell you, and when I say that, I'm talking that loved one that constantly tells you that you're no good at you fill in the blank, right? They tell you that you're not a real woman, you're not a real man, or you're a failure because of X, Y, and Z. They tell you that you can't achieve the things you want to achieve. For example, you know, you guys know I've been, if you follow me on more than this, you really know it, but I've been on this whole weight loss mission. Matter of fact, when I'm done with this, I'm going to go work out. So if my wife was constantly telling me every day, you ain't going to lose weight. You're just going to get fat again. I don't know why you're doing this. If that was my support and I listened to it, I probably wouldn't have lost any weight. Probably would have either stayed the same or even got fatter, right? Um, She's actually been pretty supportive. Um, matter of fact, the hardest thing for her is having to deal with my change in diet because, you know, she's skinny and she doesn't have to necessarily do that. So um, it's really focusing in on what I have to do and believing without seeing. And that's the other thing, right? When we're talking about having faith, you do it even when you don't see anything, right? So what do what do a lot of people who either don't believe in God or say that you can't prove it? You know, they'll they'll say something like, "Well, have God shoot some lightning down right now if He's real. If God is real, why wouldn't He do that to prove that He's real, right?" But even though it doesn't happen, you still believe in God, right? So you need to believe in the outcome so much that you don't need to see it right away. And that's why a lot of people fail because they don't see immediate results and it makes them stop working towards the goal, right? Um if you guys have ever read the book, and if not, you can do a YouTube video on it and, and see a bunch of stuff. It's a book called 4DX, The Four Disciplines of Execution. So one of the things they talk about in there are lead and leg measures. So a leg measure is basically something you see after everything is said and done. So for example, in business, a leg measure would be how much money you made yesterday. You can't do anything about it. It's history, right? It can show you if you're successful or not, but you can't alter it. It's done. It's in the books, right? Where a lead measure could be in business, once again, maybe having excellent customer service and providing a world-class customer experience, right? Now, you could open a business today, have the best customer service day in, day out, And maybe the first day you don't see results. Maybe the first week you don't see results. Maybe the first month. Maybe the first freaking year you don't see results. But you never stop that lead measure. You continuously do it every day, every day. Because you know you have faith that doing it will give you the leg, the revenue or whatever it may be, the leg measure that you want, right? 
So it's about doing something, knowing that it'll get you to where you want to be. And you're going to continue doing it regardless of what you see in the immediate results. So same thing goes for knowing your worth. A lot of us will listen to that negative energy, that negative feedback, negative comments, and it makes us doubt how awesome we really are. So I'll give you a perfect case in point. And I'm going to use different numbers from the actual, but um, for a little bit when I was bouncing around, I wanted to try out for profit and, and all that. I left the nonprofit world and run my own business. And I went into something that I felt I'd be good at and that would be easy. And when I say easy, it would be comfortable, right? Which is basically like being a district sales manager for this for-profit agency, right? So I applied and I went ahead and um, did the interview and everything. And I was asked, what starting wage would you need, right? So, me thinking about it, I basically went about 10, 20 grand, and I'm not exaggerating, 10, 20,000 under what I knew I was worth. And I even justified it in my own head by saying, you know what, I don't know your business, but I know business. And I know people, and I know I'll be successful for you, but I'm willing to take this amount. I won't even say it, but mind you, 10 to 20K less than what I really felt was what I should get. Um, and I got like hired on the spot, like boom, yeah, we're going to send you out to get drug tested, all that good stuff, you know. And later on, and, and I'm not even talking that long, literally three and a half, four months later, an opportunity came up in a nonprofit and I wanted to go back to the nonprofit world. I really didn't like working for a profit, at least not where I was at. I didn't feel like I was helping anyone um, aside from, you know, making my own money and having good benefits and all that good stuff. Um, I wanted to get back in into the industry where I felt like everything I did was in line with my own morals and ethics, right? And when I put in my two weeks notice, and I mean, I can't make this up, you guys. Um, I get an email. Well, I got a phone call. And my direct supervisor was like, are you serious? You Like two weeks? Can you give us more time? Or can, what can I do to change your mind? And, and I said, well... Yeah, you know, and, and this was all true, but it definitely wasn't the, the primary factor. But I said, you know, I, I've been asking for training um, and I haven't got anything. And, you know, I just I want to go somewhere where I'm more comfortable. and I know I can have a greater impact. And he he basically said, yeah, uh, but your numbers are really good. So what what training do you need? And I go, yeah, but all I can think of is if I had training, how much better my numbers would be. Right. Needless to say, get off the phone with them. I get an email. No lie. 20 minutes. 20 minutes. 20 minutes later, right? With an offer. 40% more than what I was making. 
Okay, so to put that in perspective, like if I was making fifty thousand, like they sent me an offer for like ninety. You know, it was like wow. And don't get me wrong, it was a good number, right? But I couldn't help but think, you know, I, I undersold myself to get the job. And you didn't offer me anymore, even though you knew my experience, you, you interviewed me, you knew what I could bring, you allowed me, and I blamed it on him, right? I didn't take the offer, I actually went back to nonprofit, and I've been happy ever since, but the part of that story is, I knew what I was worth. He already wanted to hire me, that's why he wanted to know how much it was going to cost to get me. And I undersold myself. And then when I was ready to leave, I was offered like 20% more than what I even wanted in the first place. Or even more than that, right? So never undervalue yourself. And, you know, when it comes down to it, other people can tell you that you aren't good at something. What do you believe what do you have faith in how many people that are doing the things that you wish you could do had people tell them that they couldn't do it right um i got two degrees being an ex-convict fresh out of prison working uh, a non-profit bs job making no money putting in hard hours and, and long hours and, and, you know, trying to reacclimate myself to, to being free and, and, and catching up on 12 years of society. And for, for those of you who don't know, like you youngsters out there, 12 years of technology is a lot. Like there were cell phones when I got locked up, there was no such thing as text messaging or picture phones or smartphones or any of that. Like that stuff came some of it while I was in prison and a lot of it didn't really get redefined until I was out. So like I've gone through the ringer and even in prison. So in prison, mind you, you'll have people that, that freaking tell you like you can't do stuff. And I've, I've mentioned Ali Duchesne a few times. He pushed me to play football. In my mind, I could not go up against these huge, hardcore, gang-banging, murderous killers that were out there on the field. But he talked me up. He did the opposite. He added to my self-worth. And to this day, I'll, I don't care how big you are. Because of what Ali Duchesne, and I'm going to keep saying his name, because you got to acknowledge the people that do good things for you right and i'm not going to say ali's a a good guy per se i mean he was in prison for some some bad stuff and i've seen him do some bad stuff in prison but i've also seen him do a lot of good stuff but needless to say um he helped me get a confidence that i didn't have before right um it it is so easy to have negative thoughts of yourself and, and your self-worth can be so many different things, right? And so I'm asking you, I'm pleading with you, find a quiet place, turn off your phone, don't take anything with you, meditate on it. Think about all of the great things you have done and can and will do, right? So I want you to think about times where whether it's your boss, whether it's your significant other, whether it's a family member, friends, you might have friends in your life right now that are very happy slash complacent with life, 
right? Um, I'll, I'll give you I'll give you a story of myself, right? Before I went to prison, um, the people I hung around with, they were all knuckleheads. I'm talking gangbangers, drug dealers, gun dealers, pimps. You know what I mean? Like, no lie. And then other ones were just the wannabe playboys and people that live paycheck to paycheck, like to go out and party. Those were the people I hung around, right? They never wanted to see me do any better. They just wanted another person to hang around with. You know, the whole crabs in a bucket mentality of, you know, someone tries to make it out and you pull them back down, right? Well, I got into UC Berkeley. You know, that it was a lot of hard work. And I got in and I, I started late and everything, and but I was going, but I was still kind of doing the knucklehead stuff, trying to drink all the time and party and and my grades were slipping and my first thought was I need to just give up. And my friends are telling me, my, my, my street friends are telling me, yeah, man, let that shit go. You don't want to do that. My smart friends, and I hate to say it, uh, Michael... Michael N., if you if you listen to these by chance, you were always one of them dudes. I know you studied and stuff, but it, it seemed like you just knew all that stuff without even reading it. But, you know, they to them it was indifferent. It was like you're there for a reason or you're not, right? So talking to my dad and everything, my dad goes, well, I need help with the machine shop. Why don't you just come back and work? He gave me a way out instead of pushing me. And I love my dad to death, and he usually doesn't lead me wrong, but that point in my life, he gave me a parachute and I'd sure as hell put it on and jumped. Right. And I never went back. The next, the next big institution I attended was California state prison. So, um, the point I'm trying to make is that I allowed the people around me to dictate my success. They were writing my book of life. They were pushing me to where I eventually ended up, which was state prison. Right. Um, because I didn't have self-worth. I, I thought I was a piece of shit. Um, and I say that not that mentally I was thinking it. That's just how it was subconsciously. Like someone very easily could tell me I couldn't do something. I believe it. Someone would tell me I'm fat and I just eat more food. Like it, it didn't matter. Like my self-worth was zip. So I'm telling you guys, I'm begging with you guys. I'm about to be 48. Don't wait till you're about to be 48 to start kind of sort of getting it together. I'm, I am so imperfect. It's perfect, <laughs> you know, but that's all of us. But start working on things to give you the inner emotional, spiritual, physical, mental you know, well-being and self-worth so that you can go out and command it because people will see that shit in you. People will see it in you. And you'll be able to come in and say, you know what? I'm applying for this job. Uh, I got in front of the the supervisor, the CEO, the whoever may be, right? And I'm having this conversation. I'm at the table. So I know they are thinking about me. So now I'm going to freaking have some confidence, not cockiness, but confidence. And I'm going to sell the hell out myself. And if I think I'm worth 100000 I'm asking for 100000 If I think I'm worth 92000 I'm asking for 92000 If I think I deserve a bonus, I'm asking for the freaking bonus. And just because they say no just means I didn't ask for it right. That's how y'all got to be. 
And I don't care if you're making 20000 a year or you're making 220000 a year. You have freaking worth, and it's probably more than what you think. You just need to learn how to articulate it, visualize it in your mind, and speak it into existence. 100% have faith in your God-given, spiritual-given, Darwin evolution-given, whatever you want to call it, talents as a human being that beat 4 trillion to 1 odds of being born. You're awesome. You're a rock star. I believe in you. I know you're going to go rock this shit out. Take this, listen to it over and over again right before you have your interview and go knock that shit out the park and get what you deserve because your self-worth, I am sure, is higher than you think it is and that whoever the hell ever told you it wasn't what it really is. Anyway, this is Tito. I really hope this has helped you. It's helped me just talking about it. I'm going to go ask for a raise right now. No, i just playing. Anyway, <laughs> love y'all. Um, I got um, a roundtable podcast is going to be coming out real soon. I might break it up. It ended up being a two-hour conversation, so I got to cut it up. But you can definitely check out some of the excerpts already are on YouTube, 15 Alive. Check it out. Subscribe, comment, like, share. Love y'all. Have a great day and week.